How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 181 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular audio podcast rotation. Uh uh Take just a minute, if you would, if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, share us out with your favorite Facebook cigar groups so everybody knows we're live, so everybody can join in the comments and things like that. And we are here, like I said, in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And let's remind everybody that Drew Estate joined by James Hetfield of Metallica and Rob Dietrich of Blackened American Whiskey just unveiled the all-new Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate, an exploration into the deepest, darkest, and heaviest depths of the Maduro leaf. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate presents a journey through different Maduro leaves, starting with a thick and oily San Andreas Maduro wrapper, followed by a thick and meaty Connecticut River Valley broadleaf Maduro binder, And finally, a blend of Nicaraguan and Pennsylvania broadleaf Maduro tobaccos. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate will be presented in beautiful copper-accented black 20-count boxes and will debut in a 5x50 Robusto, 6x52 Toro, 7x50 Corona Doble, and a 5x43 Corona. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. Oh, and those are, I'm seeing those at a few retailers around the country. So uh, check out your local Drew Estate retailer. And I've definitely seen them land at a few shops so far. Uh, And as always, guys, let us know in the comments what you're smoking, what you're drinking while you're watching. How about that cigar live? Mm -hmm. So how, how, how is it going, Garrett? How is, is, how is everything? I would like to just skip over this part of the show. The where we usually talk about sports is that what we do? What sports team is it that you follow All really right, closely? So here's what we're just gonna get this out of the way. <laughs> so I did a silly thing. I, you know, I've got a handful of friends that are Dallas Cowboy friend, you know, Dallas Co- Cowboy fans. Yeah, and and I texted every one of them essentially the same thing, which was, "I'm sorry for your loss today." an hour or so before the game. Started. Oh, before the game, before the game started. That's always a good idea. It was super good idea. Yeah. Um, what could possibly go wrong out of, out of all the people that I texted? Yeah. There were a lot of, you know, f- you know, fingers waving and ha ha you're, you know, whatever. Can you guess the person that said, Hey, on any given Sunday, anything can happen. Good luck to your team. Uh, I'm going to go with Skip Martin. You are correct. Yeah. Skip Martin was the gentleman of everybody <laughs> who texted me, uh, both before, during, and after the game. I received <laughs> oh. numerous messages. Oh man. Um, a lot of gifts of inappropriate things <laughs> happening. And like, I deserve like every locomotives every going into oh, tunnels. Yes. And things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's pretty much what the game was. It was. It, it absolutely was. was. It was the most embarrassing game to watch. Um, so all of that to say, Skip Martin is a gentleman uh, and uh, and a scholar, and, <laughs> and I appreciate him not giving me a paper cut and pouring lemon juice. <laughs> but I would imagine some other people were not. Oh my so... gosh. Orlando was like, <laughs> he was, he was ruthless. Yeah. 
it yeah. was a that was a very I mean, I have no room to talk. The Packers lost again to Tennessee and they they just look terrible. They look absolutely terrible. But the Vikings just look like they completely fell asleep. Oh Sunday. my gosh. No part of the game was good. Like uh the team that played yesterday I mean, there's been areas where yes, we need some work, but yeah. And I'm I'm not going to be the guy that's like, yeah, but we had some key injuries and whatever. It but realistically, we had two key offensive linemen who weren't playing and uh the eight sacks that Cousins took is, you know, a clear indicator of um of that he had no time to throw the ball. Yeah. But it was rough. Oh, it was rough. So just they'll they'll be fine. They'll be fine. It's it'll be fine. It's one game. It'll be fine. It's one game. Um, so the Wilds have played three games since uh, last week's show, and they've won one of them. Yeah. Uh, they're still struggling pretty bad. Yep. They're not terrible, but they're struggling pretty bad. They are. They're not losing by as much as they were for the it's first true. five or six games. Um, so that's, I don't know. I'll just take that as a, as a uh, silver lining. Well, uh, you can at least, you can get on the Minnesota Gophers bandwagon. Yeah, I don't, I, I have never really followed college sports very closely, no matter what, whether it's Minnesota or Wisconsin, where I lived for a while or Indiana, where I grew up, I, you know, I mean, I have a soft spot for some Indiana teams like, you know, IU and Purdue and, you know, things like that. But I don't really and and Wisconsin and, and the and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But I really don't follow college sports. And Phoenix Online University. Are you- Phoenix Online. Yeah. yeah. And my my college didn't have a sports program uh, or a mascot or anything like that. So, yeah, you know, boring. Boring. Oh. Uh, the Twins have been making some moves in the offseason. So the Twins got rid of Gio Urshela. Mm-hmm. And for some young, night like 19-year-old right-handed pitcher, I don't remember his name, uh, the Dodgers we made the deal with. Oh, no, the Angels. The Angels we made the deal with. And uh, we got Kyle Farmer from the Reds. So another medium old halfway decent hitting shortstop woohoo i mean i i just there's nothing i can get super excited about is we got another 32 year old halfway decent hitter uh who's an infielder i'm sorry I, i'm distracted you are a little distracted i just i just pulled my <laughs> stick out of this did you did you unsheath your stick i did <laughs> it was so hot i'm sorry well there's and probably some pregnant people watching i'm sorry that's okay that's all right um i think pregnant. i think it is absolutely time to stop talking about sports and talk start talking about cigars yeah and bring on our special guest of the evening so for episode 181 let's get it going and as you guys know always on how about that cigar live special guests are brought to us by our friends at corona cigar company 
Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest-to-use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars made with Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz knew it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Tampa, Lake Mary, and a new location coming soon to Sarasota. To learn more, visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please join us and put your hands together. Welcome back to How About That Cigar Live, this time on episode 181 from LFT Cigars, Mr. Jonathan Carney. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. It's an honor to be here, as always. Um, when I am on the show, the guest is, isn't sponsored by Corona Cigars. I have to say that I live in Orlando, right near Corona Cigars. So it's a, a real official sponsorship uh, when I'm on the show. So I uh, coming That's from the great. hometown of the sponsorship of the guest is myself. But no, glad to be here, guys. Uh, had a had a crazy day today. I flew. My wife and I were on our honeymoon. Uh, we got married about a year ago, uh, a little over a year ago, uh, but we had a baby at the same time, and we were waiting until she was old enough to, to kind of be left alone with her grandmother and wouldn't be too much of a hindrance so we could take a trip. So we just got back from Hawaii this morning, and uh, I did not get a lot of sleep on the airplane. I had great seats, um, seats that people would be envious of, and I didn't take advantage of it, and I got no uh, no sleep. So I've had about two and a half hours of sleep in the last 40 hours here but we're gonna have a cigar we're gonna have some coffee and we're gonna have a good time absolutely and we have to say uh thank you to you and to the fine people at cigars on the avenue in winter park florida for these beautiful golden bowls that uh that we're gonna smoke on the show this evening yeah we've got the andalusian bull uh lucky number seven so lucky don at, seven. yeah don patel at cigars on the avenue was the winner of uh the number seven nft and he is he is dubbed the golden bull uh here you know i can't say the words golden bull as it's trademarked but i said them anyway oh. so uh so we have to fix it but it's so difficult because it is the andalusian bull and you have the word golden yeah. in it so it's very very challenging not to do that that is not the name of the cigar it is the golden uh period that's what it's called the golden so it's the andalusian the bull the golden um, and this has been dubbed lucky number seven. So the, uh, the NFT is the digital contract that gives the owners the right to purchase these cigars here. The cigar itself is not an NFT. It's not the golden NFT. The golden NFT is the actual NFT itself, the non-fungible token. Uh, this is the Andalusian bowl, the golden, and this is it Don at, uh, uh, cigars on the Avenue in winter park and his team. Uh, have dubbed this and kind of creating a separate branding with it a little bit is uh, his his aren't actually for sale yet. Uh, so these are some of the first from the lucky number seven that will actually be smoked. Um, I stopped by there uh, before I left town to make sure that we could get a couple of you guys to smoke when we talked about doing the show. And I picked mine up today. Uh, but uh, this will be the lucky number seven. That's what they're calling it. So you're smoking lucky number seven. 
of the golden. Love it. Well, I'm jealous because you because Garrett's got his fired up already and he's making faces, good faces, I think. So I'm gonna get mine uh, fired up with the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Can. We'll see if I can read this. When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. That was beautiful. I pity the people that are watching the show today. We're all tired. We're all exhausted. We've uh, we've had a long day. These these are these are really special cigars that we'd probably just sit and smoke and stare at each other and not really talk about much. So we'd like to thank everyone for coming to the lounge tonight. We're just gonna sit here and have a really quiet, relaxing evening. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it, it is one of those times. Like I was I was on uh uh, Bear Duplissy show like late last night, so I'm exhausted and didn't really get a nap or anything like that today. And it's and and we're also in the the doldrums of, you know, the beginning of the true beginning of winter up here in Minnesota. It's <laughs> it, it's been, you know, like 30, 32 degrees, you know, and and just blustery and windy and a little bit of snow and yeah you kind of get it i mean once once you get past the beginning days of winter when you've lived here long enough after the first couple weeks you snap out of it and you you actually do your best to enjoy winter a little bit and have a good time with it but that yeah that first couple weeks man like we're in right now it's it, you just you just want to sleep all day <laughs> and oh, yeah. you have to go outside you just start punching the air like you're an asshole <laughs> yeah yeah Hey. So a couple of recommendations with this guy is, is uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we're going to talk quite a bit about this, but uh, I highly recommend taking your time with it. Uh, don't smoke too quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a very it's it's a I wouldn't use the term necessarily loose. Yeah, it's a very loose, smooth draw. It's, uh, a, but it's a very smooth open. draw. Yep. yep. For example, if you smoke a lot of our double arrows, there's a, there's a little bit more give to it. Uh, this cigar does last a while. There's, there's a lot of tobacco in it even for its size. So, uh, but take your time with it. Uh, don't, don't rush through it. Don't, I don't know how you guys normally smoke. I smoke usually quick when I'm, especially when I'm on shows or, uh, or working, yep, I but, uh, yeah, take your time with it really enjoy it and, and let the nuances work through it. It's uh it's a really special blend. Uh, it, it is different than our, than our Andalusian bowl in regards to the selection process uh, of the tobaccos. Uh, it takes the top 1% of all tobaccos that are used for the Andalusian bowl. Um, and then those are handpicked by Lito and Tony himself um, and inspected by them prior to going to the rolling table. And there's only one pair. It's our, actually our premier pair of rollers at the factory that make each and every one of these cigars. Now, the owners of the NFT, which don't have to be retailers, um, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of there's been confusion throughout the whole process, I think, on a consumer level or a retailer level. Or just a, a mark, a, you know, secondary market, tertiary market, or the initial market, which is the NFT owners of, of the process, because it's new. There's nothing that's been done like this in cigars. There's obviously a lot of preconceived notions about digital currencies and whatnot going on out there. Uh, but what what this project really was about was the digital contract 
technology that's built into a non-fungible token and a piece of artwork, which works through the blockchain, which certifies the ownership and authenticates who physically owns the right to this, uh, this concept, who owns the right to the purchasing of these products. Um, so it's not a product that was necessarily intended for retail. Now, there, there happened to be retailers that saw a lot of value in it, um, long-term, short-term, and so we'll get more into that. But this was really a product of where, you know, it's, it's been interesting interviews we've had with it. I've had people ask, so like, oh, well, what's the MSRP? And I'm like, there is no MSRP. Um, this is this was not a product that's intended to, to be put on a retail shelf. Now, it can, if a, a retailer buys it and they want to do that, uh, and then they can determine whatever the market value would be based on what people are willing to pay for something unique um, and rare like this. It's, it's one of the more rare limited production cigars in the world at any given period of time the maximum cigars that would be available on a, on a given month would be 490 um total so you're looking at about 8400 total cigars for the whole year which is an incredibly small uh small production uh, so it's a really special cigar i'm glad we're getting to share it tonight and uh, i'm looking forward to see what you guys think of it and uh you know and discussing some uh some ideas behind the concept and, and honestly what some of the owners have been doing uh, behind it. It's, it's very interesting to watch. Some some have owned it for themselves and they're just keeping themselves. Some are retailing it. Uh, some are some that are retailing it. I think are retailing it well, and, and others I, I think are uh, you know I've read, I read comments and things online. I think there's some spots where where it, it looks like people are just trying to flip it real quick and make much money as possible, which I don't. You know, luxury goods aren't aren't to be treated that way. Uh, so we'll get into that a little bit more tonight. But yeah, sit back, relax, let's enjoy it and. Uh, I'm glad that we got a chance to smoke this. I think this is the the first time since these have been out, um, actually shipped to the owners that we're that we're actually smoking one that's certified from one of the NFT owners. It well, is an honor. Yeah, we're we're honored to to be able to enjoy the cigar right now. And it's funny you mentioned that uh, because when we first when Garrett first got here, and I showed him these cigars, he said, "Remind me what those what are those retail for again?" I said, "I don't know. Nobody knows." It's if, if retailers want to sell them, they'll charge whatever they want to charge. And, and, and I, I actually like that part of NFTs in general, because if somebody buys it and wants to resell it, the, like you said, John, the market will decide what that product's worth. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Yeah, and, and, and the, the actual unique part of this is this isn't the nft the nft is the digital contract and there's product tangible product built into it so you have the market value of what somebody would maybe be willing to pay for the nft and what comes along with that um and then at the same time you have what the market would be willing to pay for something that's very limited edition uh very special cigar uh truly incredibly limited in nature that we've really elevated um from the andalusian bull itself uh, which was special in its own right uh, one oh, of yeah. the more challenging cigars to get your hands on. So, it, yeah, I, I, the concept's excellent, and the, I, I think the way it's been executed, I know I've been involved in the execution, but I wasn't 100% of the execution. Uh, but I think the way that, that we've executed this project and the way that Tony, uh, you know, executed and developed this project has been really interesting to watch. I, I thought it was really well done. I mean, when anything goes on, there's going to be detractors, people that have opinions, comments. Um, and things like that. And I said, I pay attention to them because it's, it's interesting to hear both sides uh, one way or the other. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, this is a high-end industry. 
it, you know, it goes from very high end to very affordable, reasonable cigars price point. So wh- where this will fit for people that want to put this on a secondary market, which is essentially what the retail side of it is with the retailers that own it. Uh, the private owner doesn't really have a secondary market unless he decides to sell them on his own uh, to individuals and whatnot. But, uh, you know, the secondary market is is going to be really interesting. It determines what this is. I, I think if you take you know, other high-end luxury products, obviously this is not a product that's going to be inexpensive just simply because of the nature of the quantities available. You know, if you look at in relation to other high-end cigars, you know, I use Oro Blanco's example, the Royal Releases, um, Padron 50ths, the ones that come in the nice anniversary humidor, um, the Louis the 13th cigars from Gurkha. I know some people have opinions of what that is and not, but that, that sells for $1,300 a cigar. Right. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of high-end products out there. So this is not unprecedented to have something that's, that's luxury, a high-end price point. And then in my opinion, you know, out of a lot of the ones that are out there are pricey, some of them are money grabs. This is truly what the market's going to be willing to pay for it. You know, if people want these and want to spend $1,000 for them, I mean, I'm sure the owners would be happy to sell them if they're if that's what they're looking to do. Um, if the market says that that it's trash and it's that it's not worth anything, then it won't be worth anything. But obviously, the reputation we have as a company uh, provided some security in the owners that decided to get involved in this of what they wanted to, uh, you know, what they were hoping to accomplish. Uh, and it seems like out of the owners that have it. Uh, you know, five of them are real, are, are real, are retailers. Uh, yeah. So it's been interesting to watch. And uh, it's a, the, the free market side of it's great. You know, if it's great, the cigar does well, the price point will be excellent and, and people won't be able to get enough of them because uh, I've watched that happen with Oro Blanco's, Royal Releases, it's an endless amounts of, of brands that, that do high-end cigars. So it's, it's not unprecedented in this industry. And, and then at the, the end of the day, to be real honest, I, I think a product that's controlled from the seed to the end product we control the whole process with all yeah. of our cigars uh it's really authentic in a really traditional way of producing premium cigars of that lito and, and as have created over the last 28 years that with something like this i would personally feel more comfortable spending a market driven price on something that at least i know had the quality controls and very trans parent quality controls from beginning to end yeah this cigar is stupid by the way <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous it's very good it is so good the I, it's it's I better than this, the bulls i got this it is what on the cold draw i got this kind of floral Bulls. sweetness yes and now that it's lit up and it's about an inch in it's um you're right. It, you got to take your time with this one. It's not burning too hot, Mm-mm. but the if this is my, I mean, this is my happy place. This ring gauge, this length, that's yes. my that's my happy place, and it's still got a lot of sweetness to it. The retro hail is super smooth. It's I not can it's, retro this cigar. It's not harsh. It's not bitey. It's not overly peppery. There's a little there's a little hint of spice there that goes nicely with this kind of. Now the sweetness is not so much floral as it's more like. I, I don't I know it's gonna sound really weird, but I it the word graham cracker keeps coming in my head. Mm-hmm. There's a sweetness that reminds me of graham crackers. And uh for me, I'm a little bit further into it than you are. The floral has come back. Um and it's incredible. All right, John, 
so was was this nft project um if you know when when uh, this was all being planned out um in let's say you know the the hopes of it being successful was was it is this being used as a launching for another project or was just you know where do you go from here so there's so this this project was in the works for about two and a half to three years um it was early mid probably mid 2020 tony had sat down with me and mentioned the concept of uh of nf you know we're talking about nfts and he said hey do you follow any of this digital artwork stuff and i was like yeah i go i watch some of it i'm seeing like jay ball logan ball then you got celebrities getting into it you know michael jordan wayne gretzky uh, tom brady all those guys everybody's jumping into it right and he said well the unique thing that's going on with it now he goes these nfts are coming with accessibility or other you know you get access to certain things so say you know say you have the michael jordan nft you would then get access to michael jordan or jay-z or whoever the celebrity may be and then uh the he says, well, for example, he's like Jake Paul's doing, Jake and Logan Paul are doing these NFTs. He goes, and they have exclusive content that you get from them and whatnot. I said, interesting. And uh, he's like, but I'm thinking, he's like, what if we did that with a unique cigar, a special cigar where the owners of this get access to it um, and they can determine what they want to do with it uh, in the secondary market and so on. And I looked at him, I was like, dude, that's a great idea. What cigar are you thinking? And he's like, well, you know that that smaller size of the bowl that I've been smoking? He goes, that I've been tweaking around. Now, Tony's working on about four different blends in similar sizes to this. Um, probably next year in 23, you'll see some other, other sizes. Uh, sorry, other blends in the same similar type of size. Uh, obviously, the selection process with the Andalusian bowl line this being a you know a, a secondary size in that um is different in the the excitement and you know the um you know the pomp and circumstance that's been around the bowl uh for the last oh, nearly seven years now is, is huge there's nothing quite like it uh you know it's special but i said oh, that'd be awesome i go it's a great cigar i go it's so different than the andalusian bowl itself but there's a lot of similarities to it obviously using uh using the same recipe essentially uh but with a with a higher selection process the the perfect storm for this was you have to have something that's special uh you have to have a product that's special to the point where where it deserves the excitement um yeah. it deserves the the price tag that potentially could happen now this completely exceeded our expectations um, we had ideas of what we what, what it might fetch, but it certainly exceeded that. But you have to have something unique and special like that. There's only a handful of products that have, and it has to be something different that hasn't already existed, in my opinion. Um, there's some other NFTs that are that are coming out. I think are going to do well. I don't know if they'll do as well as this did initially, uh, simply because this was new. There's no other size available of this. It's never been released before. Um, so you have to have something that's, that's special all around, uh, you know, and it created a perfect storm with having Andalusian Bull already have a significantly much higher demand than what the production is and then producing something that's more unique, more, uh, more exclusive 
within that as part of the uh, the NFT concept. And then obviously the owners getting the beautiful humid ores with 18 karat gold on them. Uh, there was there was a lot of lot of thought that went into it, and uh, I think it was really executed well. Uh, and it utilized the technology well. So it'll be interesting to see what others end up doing and the success they have. Uh, but this is this wasn't really a setup for another project in the future. Uh, we have no plans of any other concepts like this. Because I'll be honest, we don't have another product like this at this time. Uh, yeah. We have a lot of unique limited edition products. We have, uh, you know, our Lito Gomez small batch line. We've got our Solomon Unicos. We have our Limitado series. Uh, we have endless fun projects that happen on staggered times, whether it's every two years, three years, four years. Um, and so on. But there's nothing quite like the Andalou Bowl. And to look around to try to duplicate that, where you providing actual value at the same time is is difficult. So, you know, say we went, you know, like Lenox. I love Lenox. Uh, it's delicious. I think it's an amazing cigar. Uh, but if we were like, hey, we're going to do a Lenox Petite NFT, um, you know, oh, hey, Lenox Petite's seven bucks. And now the Lenox Petite's going to be you know, an NFT thing that comes in this special box and there's going to, you know, at some point in time it becomes a little too much and then you, you ruin, I think, the, 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 you know, the steps that were taking in place and the thoughts that went in to making it yeah. successful in the first place. So if you overdo it, it's not going to work. And the same thing industry-wise, like you got to have a special cigar, you got to have a special project and you got to be thinking it out from uh, beginning to end to make sure that, that everyone involved has uh, the benefit from it and the benefit doesn't end you know after the nfts were sold i mean now this cigar is out there and it's going to be produced on a monthly basis if the owners would like to purchase up to 70 cigars each month they can they're not required to nobody's required to buy them but you we also have to maintain the integrity of this product throughout from now all time too so it's not just hey it's done there's a money you know money was made it was very successful you know, now we have to protect the integrity of it and make sure that the that the value of it stays the same or grows over the time. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing with any any investment. And this this is an investment. It's not you know it's 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 a it's a different category really altogether. And you know, figuring valuation and figuring numbers and you know, production numbers, valuation numbers, um, and, and the marketing of this type of product had to, you know, this, this had to be because marketing, you know, like, like the, you know, the other new cigar, the Solis, you know, it's a new line. It's a new, new blend, you know, very, still a very exciting project, but it's got to be different from a marketing and sales perspective, obviously, because, um, you know, that's, that's another new addition to the, the LFD cigars family. And, but this is, this is different altogether, you know, from the standpoint that it's, 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 uh, I, I mean, it's, it's so creative. groundbreaking and creative that marketing and, and from a marketing perspective, you've kind of got to reinvent the wheel a little bit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and, and the real thing is essentially essentially here. The I gotta let my dog in real quick. Just start off. Yeah, no worries. The, um, but the uh, no, essentially, you're there was there's a value that was placed on these types of products 
and a value that was established based off of what the people for. And it, it's, it's the responsibility of the owners now and us as a company to work with them to maintain and grow that value uh, over time. You know, we can't, uh, we, we can't just throw it out there and say, hey, now it's done. You know, it's our responsibility to work with them to maintain that value and protect the integrity of the NFT uh, itself, the digital contract, and protect the, you know, the value and the integrity of the actual cigars that come with the uh, with the opportunity for optional purchasing each month that those people have the right to have. So, it you know, th there's people that may not like the concept. They may not dra uh, grasp the idea. But people have been buying high-end jewelry for years and sitting on it and aging it. People buy coins and uh, currency that are fine metals. Uh, people buy cars and trade them and have collections and, and use those cars at the same time. Uh, you know, there's a gigantic exchange and auction every year in Europe with Cuban cigars and then high-end rare cigars. Uh, again, as I said, this is not unprecedented. It just hasn't happened in, in what... Uh, the Europeans would call New World cigars. Uh, it just really hasn't happened. And this is really the first piece of something that I think you'll see massive value and huge interest in uh, for, for many years to come and down the line in the future. I mean, you the first of this kind to happen to create something that's actually one collectible, two consumable at the same time if the owners choose to put them on the secondary market. And... It's just, it said it, it's unique. It's, it's, I don't blame people for not understanding it. I don't blame people for not uh, having an interest in it. Did you guys hear that? Yeah. That a soup, did a superhero just land next to you? That sounded like, uh, like an Avenger just landed next to you. Superhero landing. <laughs> superhero landing. I don't, I don't know what it was, but. There's been some weird stuff going on in my uh, my area of town, guys. But uh, yeah, I said I don't I don't blame people for uh, for for not understanding because I, I majority of people I talk to grasp it, love the concept, understand it, um, and then there's some people that just don't want to understand it because of the technology that side it's in it. They don't understand. I mean, it's really what was produced here is an asset that can improve in value over a period of time. And the reason it will improve is because of the scarcity of the product and the availability of the quality of the product that was purchased and the quality of the investment and the authenticity of it because of the technology that was utilized with the uh, NFT technology through the blockchain. So there's nothing else like it. So, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a crazy great concept. It's a great concept that people are going to see used in terms of other products not just cigars. I'm not patting ourselves on the back, but this technology is going to be used for uh, titles on cars. This is going to be used for uh, uh, your, you know, the deed on your home. This is going to be, this technology is going to be used for actual artwork. Uh, you know, the tangible side of this is what's huge. So you've got this this non-fungible token, but with it is certifying tangible goods. Uh, you know, so for example, next Tuesday, uh, Eureka, the auction house we worked with, there's a cryptocurrency and uh, essentially uh, NFT uh, function and conference going on in Miami called the Centraland. And we're doing a private event with them one night and they have an artist coming who does NFT art, but he also has physical art that he's going to put on display. So you buy the NFT, you have access to that. And you own that, but then also at the same time, you own the tangible art as well. 
So it'd be like owning the Mona Lisa, but you have the NFT that says that you're the owner and then you still own the Mona Lisa because you have that digital contract that's certified without any shadow of a doubt uh, that it's yours. So this technology is going to be used for many things and it's going to be used for luxuries. It's going to be for, for products and uh, types of transactions that require significant authenticity. And that's where the blockchain comes in. And that's where this is really different than cryptocurrency. Um, I don't want people to uh, you know, mistake this as cryptocurrency. It's not. This is a digital asset and a digital contract that has fungible goods. And essentially that contract is certifying that it's yours, which gives you a great, uh, gives you a great representation of when you would maybe go try to sell this or you present it to someone, you know, it's, there's, it's very hard to counterfeit something if you know without a doubt who owns it. I kind of want to go to Smith and Wesson and pitch them. And nobody can steal this idea, by the way. This is my idea. <laughs> and pitch them on F- NFT lawn darts. Because um, <laughs> in today's day and age, obviously, I can't go to Hasbro because it's not a child's game anymore. But go to Smith and Wesson, pitch them on nft lawn darts and bring okay. lawn darts back okay and making an adult game like the real like lawn the darts. real the, the dangerous ones absolutely dangerous one but make it you know <laughs> um that'd be yeah that'd be that'd be tricky but what we're saying absolutely i i don't know how the nft technology would have an impact on that but but i mean it wouldn't hurt yeah 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 and also, I think we should have just played off that none of us heard that noise because John is so sleep deprived. Um, it, it might have made him crazy a little bit. I well, got a well. The I would say the issue we got in town, which I thought I don't know what it sounded like. I got my headphones on and it's on silent. But it, it, like we got we got urban coyotes that have been around recently, and uh-huh. so I don't know. They, they won't mess with mess with me. But that's one one of the reasons why I wanted to get the dog in. But uh, I, I kind of had a feeling that might have been a coyote. I don't know. It, so, it we'll almost sounded like music, like like seriously, like it was the Avengers theme song, or it was somebody's <laughs> cell phone, or somebody's cell phone, maybe. No, um, I, no, there's nobody here. It's it, this was, I, you know what? Well, let's just see if it happens again, and then we'll do some investigating. There you yes. go. Yes, I got to bring up Mitchell's question. This is a great question. Great question. Let's let's really ask the important questions here. He says. What Crocs did Carney pick up and or wear on vacation? And and I'm, I gotta I gotta wonder why this question is being presented. And how was oh right the soap yes? And how was the soap? Because we know soap is very important. So Crocs, I did get a new pair of Crocs, and one of the probably that question is coming up because I posted a picture in front of the Croc store in Waikiki across from my hotel. It said I was in heaven. These are the Crocs that I bought. These are oh, hibiscus. Wow. And just to give a little bit, pay homage to uh, my red, white, and blue ones I normally have, I did get the little Captain America charm and put it on here. But I thought these were killer. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, so these were excellent. So, yeah, I got these. I wore those everywhere. Uh, I needed a new pair that were wearing out. Uh, Soap-wise, th- there's a ton of... So in Hawaii, they have tons of Hawaiian-made goods, which is interesting because Hawaii exports like nothing. Um, they they export like they're one of their largest exports is like used steel and things that you know oh, wow. things like that stuff that they they'd used. And then their their yeah. major 
their major, um, the biggest part of their economy is tourism. And the largest employer in Hawaii is the government. Not surprising. Um, but the there's a ton of Hawaiian-made goods on a tourist level. And they, one of them, the highlights is certainly the soap. And I'm going to tell you, I didn't buy any of the soaps. And there's a reason why. I... I question the authenticity of if it was actually made in Hawaii. Okay. I'm not saying if it was or wasn't, but I went to I went to one of these stores and they had these these cocktails that come in jars and mason jars, and they're I know the brand and they're made in Jacksonville, Florida, and they were in this area that was advertised like local cocktail mixers at this at this <laughs> like farm store, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm like if this is what's going on with this what's what's going on with the soap and i have to protect the integrity of my soap infatuation <laughs> so it is the same way that it is with the cigars if i i, I just couldn't bring myself to do it as funny as my wife's like oh look the soap over here you should take a look and i'm like i'm babe i'm not really interested she's like okay like let's uh, whatever and uh, i just didn't do it i didn't pull the trigger um soaps in the airports were were pretty good the there was a the the los angeles delta sky club had excellent soap it was very close to one of my favorite kinds of soap which is it kind of feels like shaving cream it just wasn't quite as creamy as i'd wanted but that was one of the better soaps i'd seen in an airport recently but but no the re i didn't i didn't buy any local soaps man i just didn't trust it i didn't trust it yeah you never know when you're getting i, I mean it's it's not as much with things like breweries and distillery well distilleries are a different story altogether but breweries and and things like that and um, you just don't, you cannot be sure, you know, somebody says this was made right here in our facility. Well, was it though? Or did you just buy it from a, a distributor and, you know, put your label on it? Yeah. And, and so there's this place that's, um, right outside the airport in Maui. It's nice. It's an old, it's an old, uh, not old. It's, it's a very well kept, beautiful facility, and it's a it's a plantation essentially where they grow pineapples. They have some farming and things there. But I was, we're going on the guide, the tour, the tour guide, and we're on a little tram, and she says, "A good amount of the vegetables that we grow here are available in the store." And then I went in, and I'm like, I didn't see them growing like romaine lettuce, you know. And they have romaine lettuce up there. I didn't see them growing sweet potatoes, and they have sweet potatoes up there, uh, you know. I. It just made me question a little bit. And then if I'm questioning that, I'm certainly going to question soap because that's such an important part of my life. So I, I just couldn't, I couldn't suffice my ethics when it comes to soap to jump onto that until I did a little bit more research. And we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Do you guys ever like, um, you're, you're given something, be it uh, a cigar or, you know, in uh, maybe Matt, your case, a really special bourbon or um, a really old vintage wine or uh, something. And, and you really hope that it will live up to its expectations. And a lot of times it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Right. I think okay. we've all had that, whether it's, you know, whether somebody, you know, sometimes somebody will give us a cigar that you know, it's their favorite. We've all had that where somebody or says, Oh, Oh, I love this. I bought a box of these cigars yeah. and I really love these cigars. I want you to try it so bad. And you try it 
and you want to be honest with them and you say it was okay or they give you they give you a taste of a bourbon that they're absolutely in love with yeah and you're like it's okay yeah or, or a movie or yeah all of that to say is this fucking cigar <laughs> is absolutely ridiculous it's legit and i am over the top um grateful to experience this i i don't know that i'll ever get the opportunity to do this again i certainly hope so but for anybody out there wondering if this is just some kind of uh gimmick thing that they threw together with this nft project and the cigar is going to be ho-hum false this cigar is amazing i was trying to retro ale because i was we were talking about it was mentioned it was that smooth retro hill, which it has been. That third one that I just did was not quite as smooth Correct. on my uh because I I breathed the whole thing into. Well, and here's the interesting part. So I've been retroing um through it, and I want to say um maybe every third one that I do hits me just like you did. I got the eyes mm -hmm. watered, I was afraid that I was going to start coughing and we all know what happens when I start <laughs> coughing from a retro hail. It's not a pretty sight, uh, but I can retro most of this. But every third one, there's a little spice that catches me and it gets you almost like a wasabi spice. It's mm -hmm. like butter to me. The, yeah. There's a couple things that I, I look at. Like, I don't, I don't know if you guys, but this is with me. Like when I, I, we all smoke so many cigars it's very, it doesn't really happen to me anymore where I smoke something that's just transcendent, you know, where, you know, I, I, there's some wine, there's wines out there that are like $10,000 screaming eagles when I'm in the pots of my head. I've never had it. There's no way that screaming eagle is going to be like this transcendent experience that takes me to another planet. However, yeah. However, when quality ingredients and ingredients of the highest quality are treated in the highest quality of manner, you do get something that's equally as good, if not the best that you've ever had. So tonight I smoked, uh, before here, I smoked the Year of the Rabbit in Davidoff. I personally liked the Year of the Tiger better. I did it was too. one of my favorite Davidoffs that I've ever smoked, arguably my, my most favorite. But I was sitting with the shop owner. I was at Cigars on the Avenue, and Don says, "Don't compare it to that." He's like, "Don't compare it to anything else." He's like, "Compare it to the experience that you're having now." And I said, "That's a really interesting way of looking at it." He's like, "How are you enjoying?" It? I go, "I think it's excellent." I go, "It's just as good as any cigar, any great cigar I've ever had." Um, you know, other then there's other flavorances and things that maybe I'd prefer. But in that moment, it performed perfect. The draw on it was great. The flavors were amazing. You could tell that high quality ingredients were in the high quality by people that had worked over decades and a lifetime to to perfect their craft and it's the same thing i get with this now for me as i said is this transcendent and taking me to a different experience no there's very few things that do that for me now um as you get older or as you experience more of something you find what you like that's why there's some people that you know they drink all these crazy bourbons there's almost every major bourbon drinker that i talk to eventually says to me i'm like what's the Man, I'm is getting messed with. Something's going is on. That a, is that a coyote? Could be. 
But every major bourbon collector I talked to, if I said, hey, what's the best bang for the buck? They're all like Wild Turkey 101. Uh, you know, it's it, it, or if I mention that to someone, like, oh, you know what? That is really good bang for the buck. So that's great. And then there's really great. But when I spend money on something that's high end, it, it better perform really well. So when I throw Blancos, is it worth $500? I don't know. But at $500, it was excellent. Uh, you know, it was perfect. It was everything. It was just as good, if not as if not the best that I had. When I have my favorite wines, it's if just as good as if not the best I've ever had. The difference comes down to, for me, is the three things that I said. Quality ingredients, highest quality ingredients being treated by someone and produced by someone or an artist that is the best at what they're doing. That's the difference between art, too, is, you know, there's great art, but what's the difference? It's a person who... Yeah has a story behind it, a person who has uh, growth and education behind it or a lifetime of that craft. Um, and that's what really makes things better. You know, I eat tons of steak. I eat tons of filet mignon. However, the filet mignon I had uh, in Waikiki Beach uh, this past week was phenomenal. It was excellent. It was one of the best pieces of steak I've ever had. Uh, it was just anything I've ever eaten. And it was because it was prepared and produced by an expert. And somebody that was a master of the crafts, and so that's really what I'm. What I get at with these things is when people say, "Is it worth it?" Very few things transcend me, but I start to appreciate more things as I stop trying to get the the next best thing. Because mm-hmm. Lito, Lito said this before. He said, "Of all these accomplishments that you've had in your life, you know, really working his way from nothing to where he's at today. You know, no high school education, never finished high school, never went to college. Um, you know, they're like." Are you, you know, is this the best experience you've ever had when he was, you know, when he was put into the Scarfish Nautilus Hall of Fame? And he says, every moment that I have, he goes, is, he goes, I look back at the best moment that I had when I was a kid as a server, the first time I ever had a cigar and I thought I really made it. He goes, that level of happiness that I had is the same level of happiness I have right now. There's only so much happy you can have. There's only yeah. so much great you can have. So as long as you achieve that, that's what matters. And I think then you start to enjoy things more. That's how I am with cigars. You know, I had a conversation. I think that the Alfonso is another phenomenal cigar that just came out. Um, again, people are like, Oh, is it worth 50, 60 bucks? And I'm like, yeah, it is because the cigar itself, I think is enjoyable, but I also have cigars that aren't those price points that I enjoy just as much, but that level of happiness is the same. Um, and I, I, I take and look at it the singular moment rather than comparing everything to something else. When we talked about that with Oliver Nouveau too, about, um, you know, the Adam, the Nelson, uh, line of cigars, you know, all the extra time and effort that goes into yeah. those cigars. And I mean, that's obviously a big part of the cost, but just how, um, how much attention is paid to that cigar to create something outside of the box and to be able to appreciate that. Not everybody's going to be able to appreciate that. You know, not everybody's going to be able to appreciate, um, you know, an $800, you know, two ounce pour, you know, yeah, uh, for whatever that is. So um, like you, I'm glad that I've gotten to a place where I can appreciate some of the the higher quality things like this right now is. Well, no, and like, like, Carney, you said that, and I agree with this totally, and, and you're just kind of where you're going with it too, is the higher quality, you know, starts with the, it starts with the ingredients, 
really, and whether it's food or cigars or wines or bourbons, you know, starting with the best quality ingredients and then having people who really know what they're doing, putting, putting that end product together, you know, it's, it makes it better. What is this? The only thing that's really, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for bringing us back down to earth, Mitchell. Yes. We, we, we need that sometimes when we get, <laughs> That does that does transcend you it to does. another world. It does. Yeah, regardless, it does. Regardless of what hits you in that area. Yeah. That that does take you to another place. <laughs> it certainly it certainly is transcendent. And uh, my daughter's funny. not old enough or tall enough yet to get to that part of my body, but she is uh, slowly approaching, and I'm going oh, to be on the uh, be on the lookout. It's going to happen. Good luck is yeah. all all we can say. Yeah. But I will say we were talking about the Hawaii thing, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know. I didn't want to spend the eight bucks on the soap because I wasn't sure if it's authentic, but I did spend a hundred dollars on this bracelet. That this nice. guy told me that was, that was like, was picked up from the bottom of the ocean from like 2000 years ago. And it was only 80 bucks. Uh, so I, I didn't even flinch on that. I was like, Oh yeah, perfect. Give it to me, baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, here's, yeah. A, here's a good question. So uh, JJ Jambalaya says, I heard Hawaii is very anti cigar. Did you, did you see that? Did you feel that? Yes. So there's a couple things that are really interesting. Um, so this isn't to get political or anything. I, I, I took COVID very serious. I travel a lot. Fortunately, I was young and it didn't really affect me. I had no pre-existing health conditions, uh, but I took it easy because my parents were in the late 60s, early 70s. But there's a couple things that Hawaii does that's really interesting. Um, it's very anti-cigar. Uh, they, they had one smoking area at my hotel and it was underneath a tree up on a cliff and it was in the parking lot of that cliff. So you couldn't see anything. So I smoked on my balcony a couple times and it was no big deal. I'm on the beach, the wind's blowing, I'm smelling weed. People are smoking weed, which is supposed to be illegal there as well. But, um, but I got a letter the next day saying, uh, sir, it was like a warning that I shouldn't be smoking. I feel, I think it was my, uh, the maid snitched on me. So I kept the do not disturb sign on for the, uh, the remaining days of the trip, but no, it's very anti cigar. Um, it's, it's expensive. First of all, I mean, it's very expensive over there. Uh, but yeah, no, there's, they have smoke everywhere. You can't smoke outdoors. It's, it's crazy. Um, state property, federal property, obviously you can't smoke on like the beaches, things like that. Now, I mean, if there's nobody around, it's not a big deal. There's not just, it's not like people going around slapping you on the wrist and things, but I, I mean, I don't, I, I had, I had three cigars the entire trip. We were gone for 10 days and the three I smoked, I smoked three, but I smoked two petite Lenox and I smoked one of the autumn cigars that I had made for my daughter when she was born on the last night. So I had three cigars in 10 days and I smoked three or, you know, three cigars a day. So to go from 30 to three, um, it wasn't super convenient uh, to do that because there just really wasn't ever to smoke. And there's not cigar lounges over there either. Uh, they have some yeah. private cigar clubs uh, that have popped up, but but no. The, the funniest thing when we went over there is I did post online that I was in Hawaii, so I had a few people message me like, "Oh, if you get a chance to smoke, you know, get a chance to have a cigar, let us know." Blah blah blah. blah. Obviously, I was on my honeymoon, and uh, but there was one that my dad messaged me about. And he was like, oh, he goes, leave it to, he goes, leave it to you to be on your honeymoon and vacation and have somebody, you know, say, hey, let's grab a cigar. I said, even more, I'm on my honeymoon. And one of the persons that commented was someone I didn't know. And it was a woman. <laughs> she was like, let's connect oh. up and have a cigar. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. 
Um, so it was interesting, but yeah, no, it's very anti-cigar. And the weird thing too is there. Um, so it's, there's a lot of international travelers in uh, Oahu, and it's very uh, Pacific Islands. Uh, you know, Japan, China. Not a lot of Chinese over there right now. They're still not traveling, but there's a ton of Japanese, and, and they're they've always been very careful with infectious diseases and things. Anyway, mask wearing, whatnot. Um, but I, it does not fully return back to normal over there. Uh, the hotel that I was staying at in Maui, they were speaking to us behind, the, you know, the plastic uh, yeah. guards, and they had microphones and speakers. Um, it was really interesting. And I walked around the side, and they were like, oh, excuse me, sir, social distancing. Uh, so I was a little surprised, you know, that three years down the road that it was still a little challenging. Um, and some, there were some remnants of the last few years. But you think they're, they're an island, and – it, we 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 did a tour. Uh, we did a. It was a tour that we bought on our phone. It was a driving tour to this road called the Road to Hana, and it wasn't that long ago. It was in the, sometime in the last like two hundred years that ninety percent of the native Hawaiian population died due to infectious diseases that were spread from colonizers. Wow! So ninety percent. So if you, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what, there's history, which isn't that long ago where there's some precedent that's kind of set. Cause after I heard that, I was like, you know what, uh, maybe I would take it a little easier. You know, you're on this Island. If somebody gets it and it's something that's really bad, it's going to spread. Uh, you know, fortunately COVID wasn't that way on a widespread type thing. You know, it was less than 1% had, or affected it significantly less than one. I'm sitting there. I'm like, you know, Hey, you know what, you know what? Yeah. I, if ninety percent of my if ninety percent of my family was eliminated because of this disease, I bet you know what? Hey, we're going to take it a little easy. Why not? You know, let's say you know the mask might not work, but you know what? It doesn't hurt. You know, I, I don't agree with it, but all right, <laughs> you guys played the game and lost real hard. Um, I'm yeah. not going to question how you played the game going forward. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I want to just touch on briefly is. You know, since we're coming to the end of 2022, um, you guys had a really great year, you know, as a company. And as you as you look back at 2022 and then look forward to 2023, um, I know you guys are typically, you know, at least a few years ahead on a lot of projects. So what's what's the 30,000 foot view for what LFD wants to accomplish in 2023. So we, we, we finished quite a significant expansion uh, that I've talked a lot about here on the show and other shows and just publicly when I travel. And that expansion was going to allow us to produce an, a, a north of about uh, north of a million additional cigars. So it was going to allow us to grow about 30 for 40% uh, in our production level. Um, and that that really didn't hit full tilt until the last half of this year. Um, it's really been the last three months that it's really seen that. So there's there's going to be some significant growth next year. And once you once you multi, once you divide it up amongst all of our accounts and our exposure, you know, worldwide, um, it won't seem significant. But growing 25, 30 percent multiple years in a row for a small company our size is huge. Um, especially when the industry is going to most likely have some sort of retraction in the next two years. But, uh, you know, our main focus is 
is maintaining that. We have new products that are starting to come to uh, come to market finally after three years. With uh, Lido Junior's blend slowly, this is going to start shipping. And uh, so that's our first new release really in three and a half, four years. And then we're, we're really retooling and setting up to uh, LG again uh, early next year. Uh, the goal was to try to get it out this year, uh, but we said there was challenges just getting everything back in place and getting back to full capacity. And then when you get to full capacity, it's not like all of a sudden you're making 100%, you're at 100% capacity and everything's perfect. You have new rollers, you have people that are working there where there's, uh, you know, the yields lower because of the quality controls that you have in place. Um, so it takes time. So our big focus this next 18 months is seeing that growth uh, come to reality on the market, seeing what the future holds for potential growth, and then reestablishing some of the projects um, and routines that we had over the years, whether it's releasing a new limited edition item, um, doing a line extension, retracting certain lines. We're, we're going to have a line retraction next year with certain facings. Um, and sizes, which is going to be really nice for us to allow us to, to focus more on top selling SKUs. Um, but then, uh, you know, the LG line was a project that used to come out every single year. So LG is named after Lito Gomez. It was made to celebrate 10 years in business in 2004. And that product is 100% Dominican. So wrapper, binder, filler, all grown on our farms. And that hasn't been out since 2015. So once we get yeah. to 23, it'll be almost eight years that's been a gap in between. And the reason that gap happened was Andalusian Bull had Cigar of the Year. Supply demand went tenfold over what we make. Um, and then we were playing catch up for three, four years with that. And then COVID hit. Uh, so you really extended three more years on top of that. Uh, so that's going to be a real big focus. Bring it back to our roots uh, with yearly projects like that, focusing on our core lines. Uh, you know, and then just continuing to make the base of our structure as strong as possible. So when we do grow, uh, we can maintain uh, the cons quality consistency uh, that we have for you know for 28 years. So that, that's the big picture. There'll be some other fun projects. As I said, once we get back to our roots a little bit more this next year, once we get a little bit more comfortable with the production schedule, uh, you're going to start to see some more of our unique projects, limited edition items, um, and, and things like that. And you'll see a little bit of a scaling back um, on some of the facings and some of the projects that we've done over the last you know, several years, you know, if you watched the COVID time, one of the big things we did were the gourmet smoke sessions with myself. Now we're still doing those events, uh, but now we're utilizing our, our line of cigars rather than what we were doing during COVID was making some unique special cigars with cigar tobacco art on them. Uh, that was something special when we really didn't have time and we didn't have the capacity to make something just unique uh, for each individual account or even do a, a large, a larger scale project. Uh, with a line extension or a new product like Soli. Uh, so we, we're scaling that back now a little bit and so getting back a little bit more to our roots and a little bit more of a uh, traditional pattern of, uh, of growth and expansion um, and operation of the company. So uh, that's really the next 18 months. Okay, very cool. Well, we're excited for it. Yeah, most absolutely. definitely. I'm still loving this cigar. <sighs> yeah, it's really well done. I'm, I, I, I think it's super legit. It's exceeded my expectations, so, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I have a question for Garrett. Yeah. Is it time? Oh. oh. I'm just asking. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. You, you're sure? I am sure. All right. It is now time for this week's Numero, Numero de los, de los Muertos. Muertos. 
And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. So we have episode 181, Numero de los Muertos. I got to check. Did, did you just did you just take? Did you do a little investigation? I did. So, so the last hurricane that went through um, right before we left for Hawaii was not as bad as Ian or Ian, however people choose to pronounce it. <laughs> but my fence is kind of crappy, and my wife and I have done a lot of work on the house, so we're really just maxed out of what we could spend on the house. So we've, we've really kind of rigged this fence, and, and the rigging uh, did not work out well. So I, I have access to the neighbor's backyard, and she's in no hurry either because her, her yard's secure and our yard is secure, so our dogs go back and forth. But I think some of the noises are coming from her backyard. And... Uh, but I haven't. It's too dark over there. I'm afraid to go in. So I'm gonna. I'm, I went close, but I think it's coming from the backyard. Okay, right on. Uh, so Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right, this week I've got between 2015 and 2000 and uh, 2020. So a five-year average, 1,000 people in the U.S. die every year from this. 2015 to to when? 2020. All right, that doesn't count as one of my questions, does it? No. Okay. And and we don't have a limit on on questions, really. I like to limit myself. <laughs> I like it. You are clarifying the clue. 2015 to 2020, a thousand Americans. Correct. Die every year from this. Yep. It is not a virus. All right. Yeah, uh, we have already got guesses coming in. As always, viewers, if you if you're watching live on Facebook or YouTube, if you have guesses, throw those in the comments. Uh, help us play twenty questions or forty questions or eleven and a half does questions. It, does it happen in my backyard? No. <laughs> Is it uh, something that another person hasn't? As it, it can inflict on someone? Yes. And it is not a recreational activity. It is not an urban coyote attack in Orlando. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, I, I don't know. I, I can throw guesses out, right? Yes. No, no urban coyote attack. Um, uh, going to the bathroom. No, Use sir. Number Ooh. two. Number two. Nope. All right. So um, since I'm going to make another guess, I know you said no. But since I was just in Hawaii and they have a lot of Asian uh, Asian persuasion there, every bathroom you go into has a bidet. So I'm going to say a thousand people died from uh, misuse of a, of a bidet. That is awesome. Not no, not even close. No. How do you how do you but die from that? I, I don't know. There's a breed of people. That's there. That, yeah, there, people um, will find a way. It is not a disease. It, it is not frostbite. It is not poison of any kind. Is getting. Getting their foot, getting stuck in an escalator. We did no, that one. We did that one. 
Okay. Is is soap involved? <laughs> soap is not involved. <laughs> um, it does not involve a weapon. Um, are Crocs involved? Crocs are not involved. Okay. Thank God. Crocs are safe. So far, yeah. I'm pretty safe. Yeah, it looks like you're safe. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it ingested? No. Uh, it is not blood clots. Are animals involved? Animals are not involved. Okay, because I was going to ask, are bulls involved? Yeah, I would venture to say blood clots would be much more than a thousand. Yeah, that's probably, probably more. Probably right. I mean, a thousand, a thousand is very. This is this is something that is a freak accident. Hmm. It does. It. Uh, yeah, work. Does it happen at work? I don't think I can answer that with, uh, well, you could say yes or no. I mean, it depends. Oh, okay. okay. It could happen. It could happen. Essentially is what you say is it could happen anywhere. Really? Well, not anywhere, but it depends on what you do for work. Land or water land. Hot tub death. I want to party with you, Tom. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. Hot tub death. No, uh, hot air balloon. I no. want to. I want to see this hot tub. Yeah, I did do hot air balloons. Oh, we did. Yeah. Um, are vehicles involved? Did we ask that? Vehicles are involved. Oh, see, Mitchell, you they are involved. Vehicles are involved. Yep. <sighs> Electrocution. Not, not electrocution. Uh, not electrocution. Air or land? Land. Not driving an Uber. Are trains involved? No. Um, sh sh uh, sh shutting yourself in the door of your car? No. Are these pedestrian vehicles or recreational vehicles? Uh, hang on. not snowmobiles, not forklifts, not jaywalking. Yes, cars are involved. Okay, so these would be pedestrian yep. cars. Um, not airbags. Is it having uh having a problem with your exhaust system and exhaust gets into the car somehow? No. Uh, not driveway accident. Ah. Uh. Thousand people a year strangled by str getting strangled by your seatbelt. Oh, nope. Um, not exploding cars. This statistic does come from the um, highway patrol. Uh, does it have to do with snow and ice? It does not. It is not Tesla manufacturing. It is not heat issues or, you know, that's nope. None of that. Um, not, we did do car crushing and it's not it. It is not racing. Um, does it have anything to do with user error? Yes. So it's operator error. It is not traffic control person, not tire changing. Pumping not, gas. Not pumping gas. That's a good guess. Um, not a tire problem. Um, so just to recap, we do have 
user error. We do have your earlier question before we got onto vehicles, Jonathan, of this can be inflicted by someone else. Um, not going the wrong way necessarily. Not changing the oil, not, not hydroplaning, not thinking your car's in park. Asleep at the wheel is good, but no. Um, texting is actually a factor in this, but it's not the answer I'm looking for. Okay. Were they performing sexual acts on themselves while driving? N no. <laughs> it could be, it could it could be, be inflicted by someone else. Yeah. Right. Nope. Um, not someone backing over you. It could be head on collisions, but I'm looking for something a little bit more. So you said texting could be a factor. Well, it is a factor. It is a factor. Yep. Okay. Texting while going on, texting and having somebody hit you while being te while you're texting and walking. No. The people who die are in the vehicle. Yes. Are they people walk? How about that cigar show at the same time? <laughs> while driving. Yes, that's correct. No. Oh, I thought uh, that was it. No. Uh, that's like a thousand people that. Uh, it, every every single viewer of your yeah. show has died. Every single last five years. We have no viewers that's, left. That's why our viewers are. Um, Don't let the advertisers know that. Yeah. <laughs> distracted, <clears throat> distracted driving kind of falls under texting. Um, not police chases. Is it searching for stuff to watch on YouTube and or Netflix? No. So distracted driving. Can be. You know, it's cool. I just took only. the Andalusian Bull band off. I didn't realize this that there's a full holographic band underneath it. Yeah, I can oh, see it. it. Really? I can see it kind of peeking yeah, out underneath. I, there. I thought there was. I just thought it was a little bit of the band. It's a full holographic band. Wow. Oh, and it's got Lito Gomez's silhouette on it. I did not know this. All right, I'm going to get some of these answers. Uh, wow. Not That's awesome. People not controlling autonomous vehicles. Uh, hitting an overpass, no. Uh, not that one. Uh, driving and texting against traffic, no. Not drunk driving. Driving, not... driving over a curb into a ditch at work in your parking lot at work. No. No. Okay. Typing in an address, no. Cruise you control. just like saying you just like saying no. You, you love the <laughs> power. Yes, he does. Power like, yeah, he's got all the power in this segment. Um, uh, so no, uh, no. Not only is this user error, it is also against the law. So breakdown lane, no. Uh, talking on your cell phone again could be a factor, but not the cause. Crashing while trying to figure out this damn answer. Yes. While trying to uh, uh, plug in the power cord to your phone. No. Um, does it happen on the highway? Mm. It can happen on the highway. Spontaneous combustion. <laughs> <laughs> no. Car surfing, no. Human combustion. Um um, again, not wearing your seatbelt could be a factor of death, but not the cause I'm looking for. Thrown from the bed of a pickup, no. 
That's uh, a good guess, right? It is pressing the brake instead of the gas. Is it? Is so it like that? Oh. That that could be again. That could be a factor in these things. But remember, think it is um, an illegal act. Is it just simply texting while driving? No. It's something more specifically illegal than that. Correct. I am um, so confused. What would that be? Getting getting hit in the head with a <laughs> getting hit in the head with uh, the little barrier thing that goes down to go into parking garages. Yeah, no. What's it called? The gate. Yeah. The gate. Getting caught. Getting yeah. The gate. No. U turns. No. I am. I I have. No, I. This is one of the toughest numeros I know. ever. This is brutal. So uh, this is typically going to happen. Yes, thank you, Nancy. Nancy running, Daigle, running a Nancy light. Daigle, running a from red Lincoln, light from Lincoln, Maine, my hometown. Nancy nice. nails it. She does running a red light, and they run the red light specifically because they're. Distracted so on looking their phone. at and they're saying that now texting and driving is the biggest factor of people running red lights uh, or distracted drivers in general. But they specifically named as texting as the number one cause of people running <laughs> red lights now. And uh, yeah, unreal. It's, kind of, you know, it's surprising to me that it's only a thousand. You figure yeah. the opportunities for that is to happen. That, that's kind of surprising to me. Yeah. That was tough. That was one of the yeah. tough numeros in years. I didn't think that was going to be that tough. Oh, that was, was that was brutal. I mean, it's they're, it's great when they're when they're not just easy. When somebody doesn't say Niagara Falls Fucking right off Niagara the bat. Falls. <laughs> well, I think I think the challenge of it was it was so basic. Like I was thinking for something so off the wall that that to yeah, me I mean, that same that's here. just so common. I guess yeah yeah yeah. That yeah. was really good. That was good. Running a red light. Stay off your phones Stay when you're driving. Phone. Stay off your phones. That's all I have to say. So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right, so let's jump into the lightning round. And the lightning round is brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American, J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right, so we we uh, have had you on the show a couple times before, so we got fresh lightning round questions. So... um. I don't think we've asked you this one before. So, and if we have, just say so, and we'll we'll go on to another one. But uh, who was the one you can remember when you were a kid or a teenager, a celebrity that you had a huge crush on? Ooh. Jennifer Love Hewitt was probably was probably the the real first. That's I would uh, I would yeah. say yeah. I'll go Jennifer Love Hewitt. We watched. Okay. My friends and I used to watch that. I know what you did last summer show, yeah. like the movie, like on repeat on the on the video, the VHS. We just hit rewind yeah. and watch it from beginning to end as we played video games. Yeah, and there yeah was, she's the, no, go there ahead. Was one one scene. There was one like five second 
section of the VHS that was worn out from mm. getting paused so many times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I would say that that just sustained too for an extended period of time because we went through like little celebrity crushes and whatnot from time to time, but she was the most sustained where she had, she really had like a five year run that it was just, you know, it was just the only thing we could talk about at the lunch table. Yeah. Um, let's do, by the way, I'm going to share something with you. So yeah. my sister and I, this is, this is related to my celebrity crush and I know, not to be awkward, let me bring my sister into it. But the <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I mean, we're from I'm from Lincoln, Maine. Nancy can attest to it. There's some stuff there that's questionable from time to time. So I'm not saying I'm involved in it. But no, uh, my sister and I actually have this 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 pact that if we're ever on like a game show and it's like know your know your brother, know your sister, or whatever the name it is, if somebody ever asks what your celebrity crush is, then who would it be? And I said mine would be Jennifer Love Hewitt. Unfortunately, I have forgotten hers, so I would be done. But I think she would remember it. And I just this is the first time I ever got asked it. So I, I got to actually make oh, good nice. on my uh, my promise that I made to my sister. Nice. Um, okay, so if you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, um, and you can't say money, cigars, or time, you could have an unlimited supply of one thing what would it be white truffle salt wow like you didn't even hesitate just Not boom no. he snap called you because i i have to imagine white truffle salt is not a cheap product <clears throat> no it's like 40 bucks for like an ounce and a half or something at least the one that i like yeah, so I uh, I have it. We use it a lot, but an unlimited supply. I mean, I would I would. There's so many things you could do with it. You can make truffle butter on it. Out of it, you can make you can use it on steak, seafood, uh, vegetables. You name it, anything. So I'd say unlimited supply. That would really allow me to enjoy to enjoy a lot of things. So yeah, white truffle salt. A bath bomb. A white truffle bath bomb. Oh yeah. I mean, if you have an unlimited supply, well, I, yeah, I suppose. Could you imagine, could you imagine taking a salt bath? And they're like, "Oh, sir, you're using Epsom salt? No, I'm using white truffle salt." <laughs> you know that, that? Yeah, that's just how I roll. It's a ten thousand dollar bath. <laughs> what? Yeah. All right. If you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, <coughs> what would it be? Man, I already brought it back. Crocs, baby. Yeah, <laughs> these That's things right. died. These things died. I through it, and now I'm cool. I'm cool <laughs> again, and uh, it's amazing. So yeah, no Crocs, man, absolutely Crocs. I already, I said, I already did it. I already did it. I brought it back. I love it. I love it. Uh, so let's move did into what you already do the yeah last oh. time. Oh, yeah, okay. sorry. No, okay. Uh, well, you can so ask it move... again to see if I ask it again and see if I answer the same. Okay. Thing. Yeah, ask. This All was right. that last time we had you on. Uh, uh, Mike Shepakabich came over and was yes. sitting next to you while you answered this one. So okay, All right. The zombies are coming, and you get to choose three industry people to be on your apocalypse zombie survival team. Who do you choose? I know exactly who I picked, and I would do it again. I picked I picked Krishna Roa because he's got private jets and he's crazy. Yeah, yep. That's right. He works in and out of his, his family's worked in and out of Honduras his entire life. They they got something going on there that I that I know would be uh, helpful in the uh, 
in the process. I picked Lito Gomez because he's a scrapper. I work for him, and uh, the food would be excellent. The cigars would be good. He's a scrapper. He's come for nothing. And then I picked John D. Oliver from yep. uh, from uh, Roma Craft because he has an arsenal. Yeah, and he's that the was. Most well set up Arsenal. Yep. Th- that was the exact same three people. Cause I watched it earlier today to make sure we didn't ask you this, repeat the questions, but yeah, that was, so you're yep. consistent. And, and now that you said it, I, yeah. And he has, and, and I think he has one of the same panorama that Skip Martin has. So I would not, I would still get a lot of social media coverage <laughs> in person about Panerai watches. That's so right. that would be it to that. That would be, you know, I'd have a little bit of my normal life. Uh, that I get to see, uh, you know, in person. <laughs> this segment of Zombie Survival brought to you by Panerai Watches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, so let's jump into this week's Notable Smokable and Notable Smokables on How About That Cigar, brought to you by Luciano Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so, uh, John, you know this, we name a cigar each week, uh, that we smoked recently that was notable to us. Could be a cigar that's been on the market forever that we smoked for the first time in a long time or something brand new that we tried for the first time ever. Uh, now obviously you're smoking mostly LFD stuff, but is there something recently you had from a company outside of, uh, uh, LFD that, that, uh, you thought was interesting? Mm. So I smoked that year of the rabbit tonight. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. I wouldn't say that was the most standout for me. I was tired too, so it wasn't the best occasion to smoke it on. Um, man, those Alfonsos are really freaking good. My 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 most the answer I really wanted to give because I thought it was still lightning round after the the sponsorship here. I was going to say Ace Prime, but I I didn't think that was in good spirit of the advertising since it's, you know, we got the Luciano thing there now to say that, um, you know what I, I had, you know, it was kind of fun. I, I did. I, I was on a fishing trip with, uh, with Luciano in April and he was working on some new blends and stuff with some of the new things he's got coming out. And he kind of shared, not, a, not the information that was going with the uh, other way of the company, but he was he was kind of hand picking cigars based off of what I like to smoke, which I thought was fun. So I would say probably in the last year, outside of the different projects and things that I that I'm involved in with LFD and, and outside of the different cigars that I smoke, I, I'm a very habitual smoker. So I I'm almost religiously smoking LFD Padron, uh, Alfonso, any any of the Byron Atabay stuff and. And I, I smoke a lot of uh, CLE and Asylum, too, because I'm, I'm close with them, and I really like Coroa. But I would say, and it's not just because it's sponsored by Luciano, I would say it was kind of cool. I hadn't had anybody in a long time handpick something they wanted me to try or a couple different things they wanted me to try based off of what I smoke. I thought that was really cool, uh, and I, I kind of enjoyed that. That's a, that's a moment that I, that I do remember from this past year. Uh, that was really that was really interesting, in terms of just individual cigars. And I know I'm answering this question deeper than what you asked. Um, I want I really want your advertisers to get banged for the buck, so I try to bring them up when we talk. <laughs> um, the and you know what I what I really really did enjoy. Um, 
Man, that's so tough. I, I smoked, you know what I think is a really good cigar? And I know this is this is kind of uh, kind of a mainstream thing. I, I think that, that Undercrown 10 is yes. like the best Drew Estate cigar that's come out in like a decade. A long, yeah, it's a really, really good cigar. Damn it's really, really good, and it's really put together nice. Um, I, I think that's that's a that's a really good one that I've enjoyed that that's been different um, for me that I that I, I visited. I, I smoked it two weeks ago, and I yeah. hadn't had I hadn't. I'm going to be real honest. I hadn't had a Drew Estate cigar for probably five years. Yeah, uh, league of nothing, and I, I picked that up. And I was like, you know what, I want to try it. And man, it was a really good cigar. And the reason I picked it up is because Matthew Tobacco at Smoking Tobacco had picked it as Cigar of the Year last year. And I was like, dude, of course you – I bust his balls hard about it. I'm like, oh, of course you picked it as Cigar of the Year. And all of a sudden, you picked it as Cigar of the Year, and now Drew Estates your is uh, sponsoring the studio. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 I do a lot of the videos and stuff for them, some of the, like the graphic stuff, like uh, After Effects things. So I made like the, the After Effects intro, intro for the Las Vegas – and I'm like every single one. I'm like this is sponsored by Drew Estate. So I'm like I'm like I'm doing work for Drew Estate. And I'm like so anyway, I picked it up and I text Matt and I said, bro, I go you know what? I go I, I busted your balls really hard about this publicly over the last year. I go I'm gonna give it to you. I go I, I think it's a really good cigar. So I, I think that was one that I tried that kind of caught me off guard. And yeah. uh, and most recently, nice. Um, Garrett, what was your notable for this week? So I stopped in and saw um, our buddy James down at Burn. Yeah. And he just got a box of uh, Espinosa Elite 22. Mm. Uh, it is a barber pole cigar with uh, Candela. And I think it's Habano. Okay. Um, and typically with a barber pole, you're like, eh, is this going to be whatever? Uh, it was the most unique and delicious cigar that um that i'd had in in a long time and it was fantastic nice so if you are in the vicinity of a espinosa lounge get yourself an elite 22 if they have them because those that elite thing it's like a member deal but it, they also have it for their espinosa lounges correct yeah yeah uh hard to find but uh sounds like it's where i'll have to go i haven't been down to burn in a while i have to make yeah. a drive down there and say hello to those guys. Um, my notable this week was the, uh, the newest, um, Westra de Saka, the bewitched. And we smoked it at the trade show when we sat down and talked to Steve at the trade show. And I smoked another one this morning. Actually, it was my first cigar of the morning. And it was, it's, it's such a subtle blend, but there's so much going on. It. I, I personally think there's a lot of complexity to it. Um, it's, it's not in your face. It's not a blow you down cigar, but it's, it's just really solid, complex, interesting and flavorful. I, I think it's really good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was this week's notable smokables brought to you by Luciano cigars, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit LucianoCigars.com to learn more. So we have some cool coming attractions to close out the year 2022 and those are brought to us by aj fernandez born and raised in cuba aj fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in esteli nicaragua 
The day-to-day, or sorry, the AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So next week on the 28th, we have Tim Osgener from Osgener Family Cigars. On the 5th of December, we have Juan Lugo from a new up-and-coming brand called Don Doroteo Cigars. And on the 12th of December, none of none other than Cigar Coop himself, William Cooper, will be here in Minnesota, live in studio. And we may do it live in studio. We may go to a local shop. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Um, and then closing out the year on the 19th of December, we're going to have our annual year in review show. Uh, so, John, thank you so much for being on episode 181 of How About That Cigar, Brother. Thank you. Pleasure. No, thank you. I'm, I always enjoy the time, and uh, I, I think you guys put together a really enjoyable show for the guests. And uh, I, I hopefully it, that shows to the, the people watching, too, because I said I really like coming on here because it's a good time. Oh, thank you. Thanks, uh, give our viewers and listeners uh, an idea where's the best place for them to keep up with everything LFD has going on. Uh, lfdcigars.com on our website but the best way to follow us is on all of our social media instagram is where uh, most of our most of our action happens lfdcigars uh sorry L- at lfdcigars um and you can follow me at lfd carney uh on instagram as well i do do a little bit on facebook too uh but uh, instagram is kind of where it's at and uh and yeah there's some exciting stuff coming up here in the, la- the next few months we've got uh, solely starting to ship this week. It's going to slowly start to ship out, so it won't be everywhere. Uh, but we have about a thousand boxes of that that are going to be going out in the next six days. And then uh, I'm, I'm anticipating, uh, maybe even before the end of the year, uh, hopefully before 2023, our 2022 uh, TA exclusive, the Golden Solomon, um, is slated to potentially hit shelves here before the end of the year as well. So we've got an exciting end of the year, exciting start to next year in the first quarter and the first half of the year as we lead into the summer um there so uh that's that's really the uh the next six to eight months and our level is solely uh, we're really excited about that i think that's going to be wildly successful uh the golden uh cigars uh, specifically the ones we're enjoying tonight lucky number sevens um those the ones the cigar we smoked tonight is actually not for sale <laughs> so it is it is owned by a retailer if you were to call that retailer uh it's not for sale he has not decided when he's going to put them up for sale yet uh, it'll be sometime in the first four months of 23. Uh, they're doing a really unique uh, unique project over there. Um, if I can share something real quick. Yeah. Share the screen so you can see me. Window. Preview. I don't know this works. System preferences. I don't know if you have the ability to share stuff, but I do. Yeah, I've got to unlock. Let me send you over a picture right now. I just yeah. want to show some people kind of what uh, some of the concepts are going on. Cigars uh, in the Avenue is doing something really unique uh, with the um, with the uh, the whole golden concept. Um, they're they're building a drink menu, so they're going to have golden drinks. Uh, there's three specific golden drinks they're doing. I sent you over a picture of the display. They they purchased 
a special golden mirror display that has the NFT on display 24 hours a day um, and with all the packaging and boxes in it. Uh, so I think that's something that's really exciting uh, to, to see where these goldens go, how the owners manage it. Uh, you know, there's a really opportunity, real big opportunity here to brand outside of just that. Uh, you know, they're really going all in with the number seven, lucky number seven concept. That was part of the reason uh, why he got that. Um, so it's it's good. It's a really exciting next few months with the Goldens. It's a really exciting few months with the, the release of Soli. I know Lido Jr. is really excited about that. We are as a company uh, are proud of what he's done with that and, and where that's going to go. So it should be a really good end of the year with a lot of exciting things out there. There we go. Yeah, look at that. I mean, the presentation is is absolutely stellar on this this new product. It's it's yeah. so well put together. It's it's eye catching. It's it's. I mean, it's got a really uh, you know for uh, it, it's got a really just ultra high class, true ultra premium look to it. And the smoking the product right now, it the you know, the, the flavor and performance of the product matches the presentation. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, a lot of the talks I have with the golden owners, you know, there has some of them that seem that they just threw it out there, put a high price on it and, you know, that they're right to do that. And, but, uh, you know, I really think the success of this project for the owners, if they're choosing to have it be, have it have a secondary market in their retail store, uh, would be they you know they would really be at an advantage if they would you know if they would really treat it like what you're looking at right here. I mean this is this these cigars are treated with the best of care. They have their own private humidity, their own private location. Um, you know the the whole concept of the projects there and explain. I mean it's, it's really building something just beyond having a, a nice cigar. Um, it's really building something that people can be a part of, enjoy from all levels, enjoy the drinks. The cocktails, you know, he's he's branding his lounge uh, with with uh, uh, projected lights of special logos that he's had made of it. It's a really wow. cool concept, and it, it's said it's special to be able to enjoy this, and it's taking something that's already special um, and making it even uh, even bigger than than what it could be. And said so when you take things, as I said earlier, when you take things that are that are high quality, high quality ingredients presented in the right way, and handle them that way, even when you own it. Um, is you know if you take a really nice car and treat it like trash it's going to be a trashy car <laughs> if you take a really nice product like this and treat it the way it deserves to be treated then up the uh the the branding and the uh the special nature of things where people want to enjoy it and take part in it that's very cool well jonathan th thank you so much for, brother for being on episode 181 we uh, look forward to seeing you next year at uh, trade shows and other events and things like that so uh have a uh, have a fantastic night and a fantastic holiday season with your family and we look forward to seeing you uh in the coming months guys it's 67 degrees i'm freezing to death here come on oh, oh you poor gosh. guy i feel oh. i feel really bad i really do so <laughs> sad thank well, you i appreciate it and thanks for everybody uh everybody that joined us tonight we really appreciate it and i uh, hope, hope you enjoyed it and we appreciate you guys supporting the industry and our brand and, uh, and all the viewers as well. 
Absolutely. Well, viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for being the best part of How About That Cigar Live. Take just a minute, if you would, please, and subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow us and like on Facebook so you don't miss anything that we have coming up. If you have questions for us, you can email us directly on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Be sure to follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, until, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars. Non-bridges. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks.